Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 210. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How's things? So this week I'm jumping straight in with the interview. Now, I interviewed the lovely Dennis Yu on the podcast and it was a great interview. We talked all about using sort of the analytics in your social media, what to look at, how to know what's a good post, what you should post, where you rank, how to build a personal brand. There was so much good stuff. Now, during the interview, Dennis shared his screen with me, and I'm laughing because obviously it's a podcast, uh, which was lovely and brilliant because it really helped me understand. So what I've done in the show notes is I've put a screenshot of one of the things he's talking about, which is actually really, really useful. So he talks about the kind of steps that you need in order to create a personal brand. And one thing that was really interesting, and I think this would work generally with, with business, but one thing that was really interesting is he has content first. And the third thing he has is distribution, where often, I don't know about you, but often we think of the distribution before the content. So we think about, oh, I need to do an Instagram story. What am I going to do? Rather than thinking, I need to create some content. Where am I going to put it? So I thought that was really, really fascinating. He also did a critique of some of my stuff, which obviously, you know, was really good for me on the, on the interview, but he gave so much value. And I know you're totally going to get so much good stuff out of this. So I don't want to delay anymore. I'm going to hand you over to the interview. So I am really excited that today I get to bring to the podcast the very lovely Dennis Yu. Dennis, how are you doing? Good, Teresa. My honour, honestly. I'm really, really excited to have you on. So 
Dennis, I'm sure my audience know who the, who you are, but just in case they haven't heard of you before, would you mind telling them who you are and how you got to doing what you do today? Oh, happy to, Teresa. I'm Dennis Yu, and I built the analytics at Yahoo, a search engine, 20-some years ago. And you know from our friends, Michael Stelzner, social media examiner, or Amy Porterfield, we've done a lot of stuff in the world of social. So I've gone from being a search engine engineer to being kind of a sales and marketing-ish sort of person. And I bring a data-driven approach into driving relationships and sales and conversion and data and traffic and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like your friendly math guy that is able to get under the hood of your campaigns, of your website, of your social media, and figure out what exactly you need to do to be able to drive more traffic and sales. And I love that. From, from being more of a math algorithm database guy to learning about personal branding. So it's, can you imagine someone who's an auto mechanic no. becoming an artist? That's sort of like my journey. Well, my husband is actually an aircraft engineer. So I think when you're an engineer, you have a certain brain. You have one of these brains that you can just look at instructions or look at something and you can just figure it out. And I that to jump from doing what you did to doing kind of more the personal brand stuff is a really big jump. But how long ago were you at Yahoo doing the stuff for them? Just over 20 years ago. Like when I think back 20 years, you know, that was like so early on. The stuff that you must have been <laughs> doing and learning about and, you know, you were right at the beginning. Or did it feel like that? Well, even 10 years before that, I built some of my first websites. So I've been building websites for over 30 years, but the internet shifted because back then it was just websites. And now you have all these apps. Back then you didn't have, I mean, the phone was really just to make phone calls. Mm. And the texting was only barely coming on. You didn't have video, you didn't have apps. You didn't have all this mobile stuff going on. Back then the phone was actually a phone for talking. Or if you're lucky to have a mobile phone, it was that the Motorola one that's in the car, you know, the, the one that's like a suitcase, you have yeah. to pick it up oh, like that. That's what mobile was. And if yeah. someone had a mobile and they were carrying around this gigantic heavy luggage that had a phone, you thought they must have been a really important business person, right? To be able to use a phone. Nowadays, a phone is, is this thing here. Yeah. And we don't even use it to make phone calls. We 90% of what we use it for is social media and texting and games and things like that. So I've had to adapt my journey for any of us that, you know, I'm over 40, but for any of us that, of my generation, we know that a lot of this stuff is not native to us mm-hmm. and thus doing videos on social media or even taking a selfie is kind of a foreign, almost awkward kind of thing. So I've had to adapt and it's interesting working with other business owners, entrepreneurs, marketers like you on helping other people adapt to that. Yeah. And it is interesting because I often talk about when I started but I did my degree 16, 17 years ago. And back then, none of this stuff existed. Like you said, we didn't use phones for that. We didn't have social media. We didn't have any of those things. And I used to work for big companies. I worked for Land Rover heading up their corporate marketing. And it was only businesses like that that could afford to do marketing. And, And suddenly, and you must have seen this so closely given what you do you know when we talk specifically about things like seo suddenly the world just started to open up to everybody did you see that yeah the world of seo was an engineering thing before because to rank on google you had to have links which means you have to have control over websites so it's people that control the ability to put links on websites that are linking to one another and so it was a technical challenge so to even have a website 
back then was to easily be able to rank because there were only a few thousand websites. Yeah. And now there are literally a trillion web pages that are competing. Yeah. And because everybody is now an influencer, because anybody can say something on Twitter and potentially go viral, that creates a huge opportunity for us. But then we have to figure out what is it that we need to do to be able to attract our audience so we can tap into the fact that there are now 4 billion people on the internet instead of just a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. And I think that's often where only half the picture is shown. So, you know, we'll talk about how amazing this is for smaller businesses, for personal brands to get themselves out there because there's this social media and you don't need to be a huge, massive company or organization yep. with a massive marketing budget. However, I think we almost make it sound like it's too easy. And then when people try and put themselves out there and they don't get seen and they're not being picked up by search engines or their ads aren't landing or whatever, they then start to think something's really wrong. But the truth is it's, it's really open, but it's also not as easy as that, is it? Yeah, it's an oxymoron, isn't it? Because if people have the dreams, especially these young adults, that all you have to do is do a tweet and all of a sudden you're viral and you have Lamborghinis and success, right? Yeah. And I've got an 18-year-old stepson and an 11-year-old daughter. And they think that, you know, oh, well, I'll probably just be a YouTuber. And it's it's really interesting because I can sit there and go, yeah, you could be. Yeah, totally be a YouTuber. But also it's having that conversation of, do you know how hard you have to work to do that? Like, it's not as easy as just literally yeah. posting on YouTube. So, so yeah. what I'd love to talk about today for my audience, and because I'm a little bit selfish and I want to know about this sort of stuff as well, is I want to talk around the kind of personal brand side of it and the kind of yeah. stuff in terms of you, what can we do to, to one, build our personal brand? And then how are we using these other things like yeah. SEO, like paid, like Facebook ads to use yeah. as well? So I think let's just start generally around kind of like building mm -hmm. a personal brand persona, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So let me show you something that I literally just actually enable screen sharing if you could. Yeah, of course. And I'm going to show you something very special. Just half an hour ago. I did a presentation for Fiverr. We had 2,000 people registered. Wow. So I literally just got off that to spend time with you, Teresa, and all of our friends here. So check this out. You see this screen here? Yeah. Content engine. So when we can divide our personal branding efforts into almost a factory line process, this is how we're going to win in spite of all these channels on TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter and all that. Because mm -hmm. those are distribution channels. That's the tealish color here. Yeah. And then the asset production is video. So the main thing is we need tons and tons of video, which I'll show you in just a moment and what to mm -hmm. do with that. But even preceding that, we need to have a strategy, which is our why, right? As Simon Sinek start with why, what do I stand for? Yeah. What are my goals, content and targeting? Who's my audience? How do I resonate with them? What problem do I solve that I can document provably authoritatively so that other people then want to be able to buy products and services from me? Yeah. Most people who are solopreneurs, as you and I know, or the smaller businesses, they don't really have clarity around that. Therefore, they can't produce assets in the red column that tie back to that strategy. Yes. And then yes. they can't distribute that across the website and email and social media and you know billboards, you know, where, where, whatever the different channels are that we want to distribute it, and then into the orange when we want to amplify that. So think of this as a progression. We call this the content engine, where it's like taking raw material, and then ending up with the finished product over here. So understanding our direction and the strategy, which is goals, content, and targeting, to producing lots of video with 
our fans and our consumers and our friends and our clients and our employees and our partners and anyone in our community to then getting it out there. Most people, they confuse the distribution channel. They'll say, wow, YouTube shorts. Did you know that one minute vertical videos are killer on YouTube? Yes, I know. That's a distribution channel. Did you know that you can do these TikToks? Yes, that's a distribution channel. But you need to have the content to put into the distribution channel, which is in the red. And prior to that, you need to have a kind of theme and a strategy on what you're producing to then produce the content, to then distribute it, to then amplify it, which is on the ad side. And because people confuse all of these components, they mix all four of these components into one thing. It's like taking two things that you like, like maybe you like chocolate milk and you like Diet Coke or something like that. And you pour them together. That's nasty. Yeah. Right. But think about Teresa and everybody, when you separate out your content engine into these four components, then if you're producing video in that red column, and then all of a sudden this new social network pops up or this new tactic or new landing page or new tool or whatever it is pops up, you're in great shape because you can just take the content you have and then repurpose it. So then it can live as eight second Snapchat videos, right? Mm -hmm. You can reuse that. You can take a webinar or podcast like what what you and I have right now and chop it up into articles. Mm -hmm. So it can start to rank on a website, right? We can take a transcription of our conversation here and turn it into a series of articles. We can pull out 15 second snippets and turn them into Instagram stories, right? Mm -hmm. So can I ask a question then? So one thing, and, and it's so good that you've said this because it really sits with what I talk about. Right at the very beginning, you're underneath a strategy brief, you've got goals, content, and targeting. So like you said, it's the why, it's the who, what you're doing for them. Mm-hmm. So if they get that bit wrong, the rest is done for. Yeah, it's an avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, if you had to sum up very quickly, because I get that this is a big section, but what is yeah. what are kind of the, some of the things that you can suggest that we can do to ensure we're getting that bit right? That's a great question. You want to amplify what's already working. And that means you have to be really good at market research, really good at listening. So I'll show you. So now we are on your website, yeah. TeresaHealthWearing.com, right? Mm-hmm. You know that you rank on... 130 some keywords. You rank on your name. You rank on message marketing made simple. You rank on Dean Graziosi fiance, right? These are all these things that you rank on. A lot of the time it's going to be other people's names because of the podcast, but membership guys, you're promoting these guys. I can see we have a lot of friends that are in common, but if you know if and all you guys out there, you probably don't even know what your keywords are, but if you know from your analytics, so if I go to Google analytics, I go to my Facebook analytics or go to my Twitter analytics or LinkedIn analytics. And I come in and I see what are the keywords. Let me come over into this one here. Here, I'll show you a, I'll show you a big website to show you we're not just making stuff up. <laughs> the, the risk of showing big websites is the small people will say, oh, I can't do that because I don't yeah, have 5 million people on my website. It's not about Same. the numbers per se, is it? It's about the understanding the stats. Yeah. All right. So here's one of our sites. And we, I like to go to the source medium report. I don't want to go too technical, but just, just know that yeah. we're looking inside Google analytics and we'll go back the last year, let's just say, and we've driven two and a half million dollars in the last year Wow! selling gift trees. So I'll just show you. And by the way, substitute your name, your brand, your products and services yeah. For here, because this concept works universally. Don't don't think, oh, well, this website sells gift trees. 
where you plant a tree when a loved one dies. So it doesn't apply to me. It, mm. it applies to everything. So just understand the principle, forget about what's actually being sold. So in this case, right, plant a tree when a loved one dies, right? Give trees, all different kinds of trees that you can order, right? Nice. Yeah. And yeah. most people will think, okay, well, I want to sell more gift trees or I have a new product. Now I have a lemon tree, right? I have other variations of this, but let's think a little bit deeper. What is it that people are actually coming to me for? Mm. What I might think I know what they're thinking about. I might think I know better than them. I might want them to know me for something, but I have to start with what people actually know me for, what people actually, because I want to amplify something that's already working. So check this out. Let's go to my Twitter, for example, and I'll, I'll move fluidly between Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Google yeah, Analytics yeah, yeah. and Shopify, and I'm going to show you it's the exact same principle, Yeah. right, in terms of personal branding. And it, it is sort of an engineer's view of the world, so you'll just have to be kind to me yeah, on this it's one. Fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. So I know that I'm known for the dollar a day approach, which is taking a piece of content and putting a dollar a day on Twitter, a dollar a day on Facebook. So I live it and I breathe it. Right. And you can see that here's a tweet that I made a few days ago and we can see a few thousand people saw it and people are engaging on it. Right. And I made, I've made a whole bunch of these little posts just minutes ago and I can see what, what's resonating. Right. Okay. Simple little things like, Hey, can you help me get to 72,000 followers or the different things I'm saying? And, and do you really know what it is? So you can literally ask your audience. So here I asked them yesterday, what platform do you want to learn the most about? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't really want to know as much about Facebook anymore. Okay. Well, if I know that, I know what I should be talking about and not talking yeah. about. People really seem to be talking about Twitter and TikTok right now, at least mm-hmm. for my audience. Then I can go a little bit further and go into my analytics and I can see of my top tweets. So here in the last 28 days, I've had 860,000 impressions, 40,000 people came to my profile. But what is it about my top tweets? Well, here's one. This is one where I'm saying congratulations to a friend that just launched a product. Mm. Okay, well, that's cool. Here's my top follower. Let's look at the different tweets that I have. And by the way, this applies to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram websites. It's not just a Twitter kind of thing. But what I'm trying to do is I'm learning from my content to see most people, they, they just, they're so busy producing content they're that they don't analyzing it, right? Oh, look, even Twitter's having problems. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Let's go to LinkedIn. So I want to analyze what's resonating because I'm going to throw fuel on the fire. The idea of amplification is taking something that's good and making it better. So if I put a dollar in the machine, so you and I, Teresa, yeah. we have actually, I take, take $10,000, right? And if I put that in the machine, it comes back and gives me three times whatever I put in the machine. Yeah. So I put, I put $10,000 in and then lo and behold, or whatever doubles it, you know, now I've got, now I have $20,000, right? Well, great. But what if I only put a, a nickel in the machine mm-hmm. and I only get 10 cents back? So with the idea of this social amplification or this content engine that amplifies, right, the you know, LinkedIn and Netflix and Amazon, all of these are amplification engines, right? Where something that's popular becomes more popular because we know the algorithm's amplifying. What then should we put in the machine? What should we be looking What? How should that change our approach? So you're looking at past posts, past content, and the stuff that's really spiking. Those are the things that you're then either you know, because some of those questions you were asking were really simple. So do you dive a bit deeper on it? Do you expand yeah. on it? How does that work? Okay. So look, I put out a little post as like a trial balloon. So here's one you can see three days ago, right? You can see this. 
Mm-hmm. And literally, I just take a screenshot of my Twitter. So I, I made a tweet. I said, a great mentor takes no credit for their student's success. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to drive engagement. I want people to respond. I want to know what they think. So, of course, they come in and comment. And we have a few thousand people that have seen this, right? And I could take the posts that are the most popular. And the idea of throwing fuel on the fire, right? Put gasoline on that flame or whatever your analogy is, is I want to get more out of the things that are doing well. But in order to do that, I can't just take the things, I can't just identify the ones that got the most traffic or the things that got the most sales. Mm-hmm. Because I could go over here into Google Analytics and I could look at my conversions and look, I could look at what products have sold the most. And I could say, great, here I've sold. Let's see what sold the most. See, I don't even know. But Google's going to tell me that this one, the Southern Magnolia Tree Large, is the one that sold the most, mm. right? Of this $2.4 million in revenue, this one has 300000 And then it goes all the way down and you can see there's all these other products. But yeah, whatever, you know, what is it that I want to double? You know, would you rather double this one or would you rather double something that I've only sold one, one of and I've made $100 on? What would you rather double? Yeah, the big that's what I'm thinking about. And that's what most people don't understand when it comes to digital or social media or anything. They just try to do everything. Well, 80-20, focus on the thing that you really, really want to double or 10x. So in this case, I could look at this post. This isn't the my most popular one, but I just clicked on one of them randomly, okay? Yeah. So now I want to understand, well, okay, why, why are people engaging on this? Well, let's see, what are people saying? So people are commenting, they're providing feedback, they're asking questions. I'm learning so much by seeing what the audience is doing. Mm. And let's go ahead and look at the, at the posts on LinkedIn. They're telling me, wow, 17 people who work at Amazon viewed this post and at LinkedIn and at Vendasta and at Accenture. Huh? What is this telling me? Consulting companies, larger tech enterprise people are engaging on this particular post. Founders are engaging on this post because they understand the mentorship's important and sharing and people from the Bay area and London and more kind of metro urban sophisticated sorts of areas. Right? So that's what we've learned on this particular post. But if we go to another post, we'll see something completely different, right? We'll see a different audience depending on the nature of what's going on with that particular post. So let's go to my notifications and let's just go down to, you know, whichever one, this one, right? You want to grow your brand, make nine videos and then boost them for a dollar a day, right? This is something I'm known for, the dollar a day approach. Now, this only got 1,200 views. Now, why is that? See, we got to play a little detective mode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to we have to understand what's going on with the data. Otherwise, what are we going to do with it? The, the fact that there's a ton of data doesn't mean anything unless we know how to interpret it, right? And and take action based on it. because Yeah, so we call that metrics analysis action. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of noise. Well, it's because it was from eight hours ago, and it's not had time to build up momentum. No. But so even in the first starting point, that's probably not bad, is it? Yeah. But now look at who's engaging on this. Yeah. People Mark, from Upwork and YouTube. And mm-hmm. so these are content creator sorts of people, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm saying, hey, if you want to build your personal brand, start making videos. And three people from YouTube saw that. Isn't that kind of yeah. cool? Wow. This yeah. morning, three people saw it. And, and now we have marketing specialists and we have salespeople and we have the people. You see how the algorithm mm-hmm. is doing the workforce? So I could put a a piece of content out about how I like to eat barbecue, Mm -hmm. right? And so the algorithm, whether I post it on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, the algorithm is going to find other people who like barbecue if I'm talking about barbecue, Mm -hmm. right? So it's it's kind of obvious, but kind of isn't that what you're talking about, the algorithm is trying to work for you. It's trying to help you get Mm -hmm. the right people 
to see your content. Now, why would the algorithm want to help you like that? Well, I guess, you know, it wants to put good content in front of people who want to see it. Why would they want to do that? I mean, why why not just show ads to people all day? Why not just show whatever content they decide they want other people to see? Because they want people to stay on the platform. They want people to engage. They want people to want to be there. And I think obviously when you're, when you're just being served, I mean, I get served some ridiculous ads at the moment and I'm like, I don't want to see this stuff, you know? So like you said, if, if people are seeing content they want to see, then they're going to carry on, they're going to engage and they're going to want to stay on that platform. So the network has an incentive to show you content that you like, because the longer you stay, the more ads you're going to consume and the more you're going to buy. So any of the social networks, they're free. They make their money on ads, right? Yeah. So they're trying to get you to engage more. So that's why TikTok is making so much in ads right now is because people go to TikTok and they just, it's so interesting. They just keep watching and watching and watching. So when we look at Twitter or Facebook or here, we'll go to my Facebook the ultimate here, this news feed, right? So here's a, here's my news feed. This is my Facebook. Yeah. And we're scrolling through it, provided that it loads properly. Mm-hmm. You're going to see what Facebook thinks that I want to see. Yeah. Okay. So I serve a lot of doctors and real estate agents and entrepreneurs. So they're showing me my friend, Glenn Bow, who's a dentist mm-hmm. because I've clicked like on a lot of his stuff. So they'll, I, they'll, you know, they'll just keep showing me more of the same thing because mm-hmm. I keep telling them this is what I like. And then I see an ad, right? It says sponsored. So the second thing you see is normally an ad, whether it's on Google or Facebook, you know, it goes organic and then ad and then yeah. more organic and then more ads. And it, it knows what kind of content I'd like. It also even the algorithm is looking at the image and determining where it is and determining who's in the background and reading the words and things like that yes. and determining what, what I might like. And look, here's another ad, right? So every five or six, it shows another ad. Yeah. So what if I told you, Teresa, that the algorithm that drives Amazon and Netflix, right, the recommendations on what it is that you should buy next mm-hmm. or what TV show you should listen to or what song on Spotify or what should show up in your newsfeed or what is going to be on Twitter. What if I told you that they were all the exact same algorithm? How would that, what, what do you think about that? How would that change things? I don't know. I think in one way I'm surprised. You feel like they'd all have their own little like quirks and tweaks and whatever, but it almost feels once you know how to process it on one platform, you just have to then go to another. Because one thing I was thinking about is when I was looking at your LinkedIn, I wonder if the same types of people, like the marketing specialists, because I'm just thinking of some Um, of my audience where they might be, even me, I'm serving lots of entrepreneurs, lots of people who are in their own businesses. But actually when I'm on LinkedIn, if I look to my stats, which I haven't done for ages, it might be that I'm serving other people. It might be that, you know, actually there are other people engaging in my stuff and therefore I need to tailor my content to better suit yeah. them rather than just put the same stuff as I put out everywhere else, maybe. And most people, you're right, Teresa, most people don't even know mm-hmm. who their audience, they think they know who their audience is or they wishfully believe that it's this is their audience and it's not actually their audience. Yeah, yeah. So if we came here and we looked at the things that you have here, what can we learn? The engagement. Let's look at the comments. So most of what you're posting here is a picture of yourself mm-hmm. with some kind of quote, which is great, right? Yeah. Because you're trying to teach. You're also motivating. You're yeah. sharing your brand. But why is it that some of these things don't get much engagement? Yeah. And it's not to say that engagement is the name of the game, right? But let's try to learn from this. Why is it that these posts aren't getting engagement? Yeah. And why is it that other ones will drive more, right? This one drove more. Why is that? 
Yeah, so this the would have been way better. Why is that? The ones right. that are driving more are my my sort of weekly curated posts, whereas the other ones are more the kind of, you know, they go out there all the time. The podcast stuff goes out there all the time. I share of other people's content when I'm speaking somewhere or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a bit more when it's thought about or there's a story behind it or a kind of conversation behind it that it seems to work a bit better than you know, than something like that. That yeah. I mean, that's actually not as bad as some of the others, but, you know, something yeah. that's just a lead magnet or whatever. Yeah. So when you are willing to listen to the algorithm and not just wishfully believe what you want, what you and I and other entrepreneurs will notice is when you promote, and there's nothing wrong with promoting, you can definitely promote, you can sell things, you can say, hey, I have this item, hey, you can buy this thing or come to this link or join the webinar, right? You can certainly do that. But notice that, when you're elevating other people and you're saying congratulations to your team and there's yeah. a lightweight moment saying, hey, so-and-so on our team just had a baby, congratulations, or someone yeah. got promoted, or wow, congrats to this customer who just hit a certain milestone. Mm-hmm. Those ones do way better than ones which look like they're polished, which look like advertisements, yeah. which look like even this one here, you're, you're trying to combine sharing knowledge, right? Yeah. And you know, your friend, Samantha King, and here's the stuff, but it's the algorithm and the users realize that this is promotional. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah, you're trying to promote, they're not going to do that. And you put a link in here, which kills it. So notice I had to click to expand this post. Yeah. But what, what actually happened is most people went right by here. I'll show you. Like here, here you got a flash sale, right? Mm-hmm. Not much happened here, right? No. Flash sale, flash sale. But how many people are going to click on see more to expand it? Especially, I bet you the people here, you know, if they can identify it's a sales post as well, then they're probably not going to, are they? Yeah. So the A, you're getting penalized because you're not going to show up in the Mm. feed because the algorithm can instantly determine that you're promoted. So it's not, it's a chicken and egg. You're not going to get the reach of the ones who you do get the reach with. You get a low engagement rate. And then because you have a low engagement rate, not many people are going to click to see more. And then finally, because very few people click to see more almost nobody's going to click on the link here at the yeah, bottom. Yeah. yeah. So, let's so what I would do. Example. Yeah, go ahead. It'd be great to take that example. So obviously we know we've got to, not got to, we know, you know, if we're trying to promote things or get things out there, what's your thoughts then around, if you were going to do a sales post, you had something to sell, you had a car open and it was now time to sell that thing. What types of posts would you be considering doing then to help with that all important engagement, interaction, getting people to click on it? What would your kind of perfect post look like? I'd give them a tip, just one tip. For example, you have, here you're obviously selling, oh, there's six lessons and there's these bonuses and whatever. What if you just literally gave them your very best tip? Oh, the number one tip I use to build my list is I do JVs with other people where we do a pre-webinar you know, or we message you, or we, we do a bundle or we do whatever it is. And here's how I do a bundle. What I do is I take my buddy who's got a course for a thousand and I've got a course for a thousand. And we say, Hey, if you buy his course, I'll give you mine for free. So it's buy one, get this other one for free. So I'm just, I'm literally sharing a tip, right. And saying, this is what, this is the tip that I used last month. And this is how it performed. And here's a screenshot, right. I'd literally just share that. Or I would say any of these things here. So you got this email, email onboard swipe file. Great. Literally show some of this stuff, right? Yeah. Show these templates. The, this videos on how to use the Canva templates. Great. Take a one minute snippet from that 
and say, here's a sample of here's how you use the Canva templates to be able to get more people to register or whatever it is, right? Literally give them free samples, little pieces of the course. Don't tell them about the course. Literally give them the highlights. It's like a movie trailer, right? And to get people to watch a two hour movie, you have a one minute highlight that shows all the explosions and the yeah, best scenes, yeah. and the kissing and the cars, you know, crashing and whatever it is. Yeah. You, 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 you actually, you don't teach them, but you actually share the value. And let's say, you know, maybe there's a few other people that are co-teaching this with you. Take snippets mm. of what, uh, from, from the course, maybe it's professional, it can be snippets of this where you're actually sharing value. And when you do that, people love to watch, people love to consume. But if you're promoting, people are going to click X on your stuff. It's just going to get hammered, right? So don't flash sale because first off, it doesn't even matter to me that it's a flash sale because you haven't yet shown enough proof and you you haven't gotten me interested yet Mm. for it to be a deal, right? Who cares if it's a deal if I'm not interested in it first, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So these, you can see that this, this is almost good because here you've got, let's see, social media clip. Let's see what this is. Okay, you have an 18 second clip. You are doing an amazing job. You are juggling a lot of stuff. We are busy. Okay, so you're sending people to Buffer, but why not just directly embed audio or video right here? See, I see this all the time. People will go on to... Facebook and they'll upload a YouTube video and they'll say, yeah, I keep posting these YouTube videos. I wonder why that might be. I wonder if you, if you work at Toyota and you yeah. drive a Honda, it's probably not very good. If you go to LinkedIn and you're posting buffer, <laughs> if yeah. you go to Twitter and you post a Facebook video or picture, no, you, if you're, if you're on LinkedIn and you need to post a link, you need to upload it to LinkedIn. If you're on Facebook, you need to upload that video or picture. If you're on Twitter, you need to upload that. Twitter, what is interesting right? though, and, and the example you gave before, and I've seen this work so many times, is where you've done a tweet and then you share that tweet in other places. Like, yeah. that's interesting that that works. Is it just- But I took a screenshot of it. Yeah, so it's a screenshot. So they didn't have to leave the platform. The key yeah. is, look, you're trying to get people to leave. So all of these here, you, you keep putting these links. What do you think happens? Well, how do you think LinkedIn or any other network is going to- Look at this when you're trying to get them to leave LinkedIn. They're going to kill your post reach. Yeah, they don't want anybody to leave, do they? So what you'll see other people doing is they'll say, blah, 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 link in the comments. And then in the comment, they'll say, come get it here. Yeah. Right? So if you want to kill your posts, it can be the most amazing post. Just go ahead and put a link here if you want to kill it and have it get no reach. Just do that. Don't admit that. Why would you do that? Right? Yeah, yeah. And would you say, I know that's a thing on Facebook. Is that the same on Twitter? Obviously in Instagram, that's not an option. Would you not link in Twitter either? What do you think? I'm guessing no. (laughs) Right? Obvious, right? Yeah. Because the algorithm, look at how the network makes money. Each of these social networks makes money by people spending more time on the site. So if you ask people to leave the site, A, they don't want to leave because they're busy surfing. And then B, the network doesn't want them. So what you want to do is... Upload the video here, upload the picture here. Don't make them go to some other, you know, buffer to be able to listen to the, the audio or whatever it is. Like make it right, make it convenient so that that way it's just faster and it's easier, right? Because I don't have to go somewhere else to watch some 15 second video. But then you can still have the link because you can have the content here 
And then if they're still interested, then they're going to see the comments saying, oh, come here if you want to learn more. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to click on the link yeah, instead yeah. of just trying to force people, forcing people straight into a link. It's like that annoying salesperson. You know, when you walk into a store and the salesperson comes right up before you have a chance to look at anything and says, hey, can I help you buy something? No, I'm just looking. No, go, go away. I'm just looking. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, you know that, that over-eager salesperson comes up to you and just starts annoying you? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that person. No. And that's the equivalent, the online equivalent of that. And I do, I love the fact, you just said something a minute ago, which I've, I'm, I've written down thinking I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> So I'm doing a boot camp soon. It's a free boot camp, but obviously it's a boot camp in line to promote my academy, mm-hmm. which I'm always very honest about. People know yeah. I'm a very honest person. They know what's coming. Yeah. But I've already done the boot camp once. And now uh-huh. what I'm thinking is I've got all this kind of stuff. You might not be able to find it actually, because it's uh it's not up at the moment. But I've got all okay. this stuff yeah. where where I've run the boot camp already, I've got all these videos of me teaching and answering questions. And, and I've, you know, pre I've just literally today, I've been sat here thinking, how are we going to promote the boot camp? And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and I'm going to take clips of me because that's where I come alive. That's it. You know, that's it. You see what to do now. You're going to amplify the stuff that already worked. So take a look at your previous boot camps and don't just collect testimonials. No, no. The actual highlights, the actual interesting bits that will cause people to say, huh, wow, I didn't realize I could do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So can we touch on, because I'm so conscious of your time and I do want to touch on this. Can we touch on looking at something like Facebook ads or paid traffic? I said to you before we got on that I've noticed, and I know lots of other people have noticed that paid traffic, especially on Facebook, is not performing as well as it has done. Yeah. Are we... Like, so let me tell you what I've been promoting and then you can kind of tell me where I'm going wrong. So I've been promoting things. I don't know if I've got anything running at the moment because I'm about to go into it, but I've been promoting some podcast stuff. So videos of me interviewing great people. I have been promoting things like my social media bundle. There I am. Like various things like that. Yeah. Is it just the Uh live stuff? I haven't got anything running at the moment. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So, so what, like, what should be promoting the tips and the videos and the things like that rather than the direct sales post or the direct call to action post? Yeah, I lost you for about 20 seconds. Sorry, I have to edit sorry, that part sorry, out. sorry. Yeah, so I was just saying, <laughs> should we be promoting the kind of tips and the, and the clips and the things that we've just been talking about from a post point of view through Facebook ads? Or should we, are we using those ads for directly going, join my thing as a remarketing thing do both so you're going to make nine posts three why posts where you're telling your story and your mission and meeting three how where you're sharing your knowledge and best tips about selling and then three what which is come join my master class here it is come here's the details early bird registration whatever it is and so make three videos on each of these and then put them out there and then let the system optimize for you yeah yeah and literally put them all out to the same audiences with the same sorts of things? Or, you know, would you, is it like two, well, you're, like you do one and then the other and then the other? So, so bottom of funnel, driving sales, you're going to start with your remarketing audiences. So your email list and say your 180-day website visitor audience or whatever yeah. your largest audiences are of your custom audiences. Yeah. If that's working, move to a 1% lookalike audience, right? Mm-hmm. If that's working, then... 
start looking at your mid funnel where you're sharing the why content and drive that to your audience. But the building from the bottom up, you're yeah. starting with your remarketing to drive immediate sales. If you're new and you've not built a list or you don't have a lot of website traffic, then your remarketing isn't going to produce much for you because there's not enough of an audience to remarket against. But typically, if you have at least a thousand people in your email list and you have at least 200 people who have bought from your previous workshops or whatnot, mm -hmm. you technically you can do it off of 20, but you need at least 200 for the system to really kind of learn who your audience is. Mm -hmm. Then it can create strong lookalike audiences, which are people that look like the people who've already bought. So remember I said that before that Amazon and Facebook and Netflix and whatnot are all using the same algorithm. Yeah. It's called a collaborative filter. So people that bought this particular product, they also like to buy this thing here. Yeah. People that listen to this song, they might also like to listen to this song too. Right. You understand that? Like people, people, if you bought this, you might also buy that. Right. Did I lose you? Yeah. No, sorry. I'm here. Yeah. Listening <laughs> intently. <laughs> Oh, no, I think you did lose me. I'm here. Can you hear me? Sorry. Tech is such a pain. So, yeah, you were talking about people who buy this also buy this. Yeah, you're back. It's a, it's a little spotty. In Zoom, you can check your video rate and, and see whether you have a connection issue. But you could also go to speedtest.net and other places to see. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's come back. I'm having, I'm tethering now in hope that we can finish off with this. Oh man, tech. It's probably all the children because they're here and they're probably on all the uh -oh. devices, you know, the, the score. Okay. So yeah, we were talking about the comparison thing. So people who like this, who like that and using that in your ads. Yeah. So if you set up what we call digital plumbing, okay. which is connecting your email audiences with your website, with the remarketing audiences, people that have been to the site or purchased or completed actions, you know, connecting all your data together inside Google Tag Manager, inside your CRM, inside your shopping cart. If all of that is done properly, then it's very easy to send the signal to Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever you're running ads that have the system be able to optimize for you. So the system will automatically, if you have digital plumbing setup, automatically find the right people to target. Right. You just have to put out those short little videos, 15 second videos, yeah. one minute vertical videos like this on yourself, not, not side, not landscape yeah, like landscape. this, but like yeah, this. Portrait. Yeah. Yeah. Portrait yeah, yeah. mode. You put it out there and the system will drive sales for you. It's really that simple, but you have to have enough of a signal for the system to kind of figure out who your best customers are. If it's something that's new, you're not going to have any custom audiences and therefore you're not going to have any lookalike audiences, which are built on the custom audiences. So you have to have, and the cool thing is, right, if you've done something a second time, like another workshop, or you have another product that's similar yeah. to this other product, then we can get more out of it because the system is there to amplify what's already working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis, honestly, you've given us so much good stuff. I, I have a notepad full of notes of things that, okay, I need to change that. I need to update that. It's been so helpful. It's been such a great episode. I really appreciate you coming on. Obviously I will link everything up to the show notes. And so people can come and find you and learn from you some more, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Teresa. There we go. There was the lovely Dennis. Like I said, so much good stuff. We had a bit of a chat after the interview as well. And and he's a really smart guy. He knows a lot of stuff. And he really made me think about, as you could hear on the podcast, about my own stuff and how I should do it. And 
yeah, and we're trying to work out a process for that. That's the other thing that actually I just want to touch upon is, is the fact of like knowing what you should do and being able to do it are two different things. So everything for me is time and a process. So once we decide, yeah, we really need to do this, it's like, okay, how can we do it? We need the time to work out how we can do it. And then how can I put in a process so it's easier to do? And like I said, that just takes a bit of time and and a little bit of effort. So don't sit there thinking, well, he's telling me to do all these things and I can't do all these things because I don't know how I'm going to do them or where I'm going to do them. It doesn't work like that. So do what you need to do right now on your one thing that you need to do. So don't panic, but I just thought he gave you some great advice. Anyway, I will be back next week with a solo episode. I will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.